the country's police chiefs calling for the decriminalization of all personal drug use. Now, it's a bit of a radical idea. What's behind it? And could it actually be done? Would it actually work? Let's ask former cop and 640 Toronto crime expert David Perry. He's on the line and joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. David, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing great. Good. All right. Uh, Listen, these police chiefs, they've spent their careers fighting the war on drugs. Why would police chiefs, David, why would they call for drugs that are being used for personal reasons, personal drug use? Why would they call for them to be decriminalized, do you think? Well, I think they're looking at a number of reasons, and probably the biggest is um, a change in attitudes as time moves on and wondering out loud whether an addiction problem is actually a criminal offense. It would be like saying that somebody who's an alcoholic, if they're caught with alcohol, that they should be arrested and charged with a criminal offense. So there's that sort of a look on it. There's a look on you know, the availability of resources to continue doing policing the way we do it. And and a big part of it is drug enforcement. And, you know, can the police actually sustain this level of service where they're out arresting and charging people that are addicts that have just a small amount of drugs on them? And it doesn't matter which drug it is for personal use. It, it seems to me, and I, I would agree with the chiefs, that it's time for some reform and some, some change and for us to have a look at how we can do this better. All right, so it's change, it's reform. Is it also, I guess, in a way then, waving the white flag when it comes to the war on drugs, that it's a war that just can't be won and that they're ready to surrender and tackle it in a new, in a different way? Yeah, I partly agree, especially with the last part, Jeff, but not so much about waving a white flag. It's, it's just about changing and reallocating resources in a way that's more productive. And I'll give you an example. The war on drugs is not over and I I doubt it'll ever be over. Um, So the refocus from let's say street level addicts carrying drugs for personal use is is no longer something that the police want on their radar and therefore they want the laws changed on it but they will continue to go after organized crime and people that you know will import uh, into our country which is causing all of these deaths and so on. That's, That's where the focus is switching to. All right, you spent part of your career working undercover drugs, Dave. Could you share with us uh, some of what you saw in your experience and uh, what a scourge uh, this has been, uh, drugs and drug use, uh, personal drug use on people's lives? Yeah, I sure can. One of the things that uh, really changed the, you know, sort of the, the landscape in the drug world was when crack first arrived in Canada and arrived in in Toronto, and I can remember it very well. It was, it was a long time ago, but I, I worked undercover back in the, let's say, the mid to late 1980s. And uh, when we first heard about crack cocaine, we were wondering what it was, and we had to do our research, and we heard that it hit Buffalo, and we knew it wouldn't be long till it hit Toronto streets, and sure enough, we started making our seizures. That was a big change in what we saw with the level of addiction going up really high. Uh, heroin came back in a very big way in the late 1980s and continues to be a real problem because because of its addictive properties. And then, of course, we got into all the psychedelic drugs coming back, you know, right from uh, LSD, THP, uh, you know, ecstasy was fairly new back in the, let's call it uh, 1994, 1995, changed the landscape out there. Now we've got this, uh, you know, fentanyl craze that's happening that is the most dangerous scourge that we've ever seen, the addictions 
the, the deaths and, uh, you know, the, the number of homeless people that it's impacting now. Because people that get this far down the, the road, they usually can't operate and function on any level. So they, they eventually become homeless and they become, you know, part of society's challenge to deal with and to help. So there's been an awful lot changed in the, in the last several decades. And, of course, the legalization of marijuana is probably the biggest so, you know, dealing with this on a personal basis and seeing some of these uh, people up close, what has that told you? How has that uh, informed you, in your opinion, uh, on drugs? Uh, again, in really this debate on the decriminalization of all personal drug use, I guess it comes down to, you know, if you're dealing with somebody who is an addict, and again, you've seen this up close, uh, Dave, does it really help them to throw them in jail, to, to punish them, to, to find them, or is it a more fruitful endeavor, more helpful for them and for society as a whole to try to seek uh, some sort of uh, counseling and help for them. Yeah, great point, Jeff. And I think that's exactly where the, the police leaders are going. They want diversion programs where instead of having to be involved with the criminal justice system, there is a diversion program in place whereby people can be sent for addiction help rather than being criminally sanctioned and punished for, you know, again, what, what is truly an addiction. It doesn't mean that we're going to turn a blind eye with the organized crime and to drug dealers and, and all of that kind of stuff. We're just going to try and, and treat uh, what would be their client base, the, the victims out there that are addicted to these drugs, and, and treat them in a different way, one that's more helpful, one one that's more respectful, and, and one that you will probably see a, a, quite a turn in terms of the number of people that have come out of this a little bit better than the way they went in. And that's that's going to be a significant part of this. You know, I mentioned off the top that for some, this is a radical idea, a fairly radical idea, decriminalization of all personal uh, drug use. Having said that, with the legalization of marijuana, we've kind of dipped our toe into the legalization of drugs with uh, that drug. Do you think that there is maybe an appetite or a greater acceptance for something uh, like this uh, here in Canada because of the legalization of marijuana? Yeah, I think for sure, Jeff, and I think that even when Canada was talking about legalizing marijuana, there were already discussions that the next thing to, to follow that would be legalization or at least decriminalization of all other drugs. So, you know, my, in my view, it's still going to be illegal to possess a lot of these drugs. But rather than having a criminal charge, you're going to be put into a diversion program whereby you have the opportunity to go get some help and to get out of that lifestyle. So that's that's the direction that the Canadian Chiefs are going. It's something that's been talked about an awful lot. It's new to Canada, and there's going to be a lot of debate about this. There'll be a lot of people on both sides of the fence on this particular issue. But I can tell you that the research I've done globally, this is happening around the world. People are starting to move towards decriminalizing personal possession for personal use, and especially for people that suffer from addiction, and I think that makes sense. What has been the biggest upside for those jurisdictions, those areas that have done this uh, already, uh, Dave? I mean, what are the positives that uh, Canada, what sort of benefits could we see from the decriminalization of personal drug use? One of the first things you'll see is that our justice system won't be as backlogged as it is already. And, and that, that will help, you know, the justice system, that whole wheel, the police and the, the courts and the, and the judges, that big, and then of course corrections, that, that big justice wheel to, to perhaps unclog for the first time in a very long time 
from you know the, the backlog and, and charges like this quite frankly take an awful lot of time on the court dockets and we've got a lot more challenging issues to get in front of the courts than than charges where people are suffering from addiction and therefore found a, a small amount of personal possession of drugs so that's number one number two i think we're going to see a lot more people coming off the streets or reintegrating into society in, in a productive way you know they'll go through their counseling and this is all part of you know this reform movement and it's funny you know we're, we're, there's so much talk about defunding the police which i think is absolutely ridiculous but there's talk there's an awful lot of talk with the defunding that goes about reform and i've been around this business for over 40 years policing is constantly under reform and this is just an example of, of uh, you know one step that the police are are taking this has been talked about for many years and you know, I think for police officers and for our justice system to work together on this and turn this over to where it should be in the hands of social workers and healthcare workers that, that will assist these people, I think that's the biggest change we hope to see, that some of these people will get off their drugs, uh, they'll receive training, perhaps can become uh, employed and start moving on with their life in a productive way. And if we can do that, that would be a pretty incredible thing. And, what and perhaps the police, sorry, Dave, to interrupt, but perhaps the police, when you talk about police reform, can also be a little more productive because, as you mentioned earlier, this obviously, this change in direction would then free up officers that they could spend their time in other areas on other matters. Absolutely. And we all know that in big cities across Canada, even small communities, that uh, guns and drugs and gangs are the number one plague and causing the most harm in our in our cities and towns. And uh, yes, this will allow us to refocus some of the police efforts into going into more serious crime, human trafficking, you know, sexual assaults, all of those, you know, very serious crimes. And, and this is what's needed. We, we have to think differently. And you know, Jeff, I could talk for hours about this. Of course, we only have seconds, but since I joined until now, the reforms that have happened over the last 40 years it would, would be staggering. We went through a list, and the police can no longer do what they used to do. And the police are always looking for ways to, you know, make it better for allocation of resources, but also make it better for the community. And I think this one might find a, a real good balance. And I'm, I'm really, really fascinated and interested to see how this is going to turn out. Well, listen, to be continued for sure. Much more to discuss on this. This issue isn't going anywhere, and guaranteed we will be spending uh, more days and weeks uh, discussing. Dave, I appreciate your time uh, today. Enjoy your weekend. You too, Jeff. Always a pleasure. All right, thank you. There's David Perry, CEO of Investigative Solutions Network and Global News Radio's crime expert.